Okay. Taz, we're live. We're live on Facebook Woo! and we're live on YouTube. Uh, this is uh, Pink Hair, Pink Head with me, Phil Croshaw, and Taz Thornton. Probably shouldn't have played that because that showed you with all your hair all nice and neat. I just looked at that and thought, that's what my hair used to be like. Mind you, I looked at that compared to now and thought, oh my God, I look like a pinhead. <laughs> yeah, no well, offense, don't, Bill, no offense. Yeah, don't take the pee, right? <laughs> don't take the pee at head. least I'm a brown pinhead now. I know, good man. Looking on the bright side. I said earlier I went, if I catch the first sun team, which I'm going to have a funny zigzag fringe line when yeah. it gets cut. Yeah, I don't talk about fringes. That's a that's a nostalgic <laughs> conversation for me. <laughs> Lovely to be on the show again. It's been a little while, but it was well overdue, wasn't it? It to was indeed. Some yatter and chatter going. Yeah, and we thought we'd go live this time because uh, we've we've threatened it before, but we thought no, we'll go live this time because we're a uh, bit rebellious like that. A re bit rebellious, yes. Yeah. Um, just uh, what is it they say? You're live on Channel Four. Do not swear. No, no, no. That's how you're on Channel 4, swear. BBC oh. is your live, don't oh, swear. Right. Okay. Channel okay. 4 on ITV are like, swear, swear. Go on, Taz, give us a swear word. Brilliant. Okay. Well, what we've decided to talk about today is um, this word disruption, basically, um, particularly because I've always been a, a big fan of disruption, as you know, in terms of the probably the excitement it creates, the very idea of disrupting markets and the very idea of doing things new and different. As you know, it's always floated my boat and we've known each other a long time. Um, and it's particularly relevant now, of course, because of everything that's happened in the last few months, which we don't no, no need to go on about it. I think most people are pretty familiar with what's been going on in the last few months. Um, so um, in terms of, I thought we'd talk about the downs, because it, you know, I know you're positive, but we need to talk about the downs mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and the ups as well, and then maybe some of the opportunities that it creates for us as well. So, just starting with some of the downs. Um, one of the downs, I think, at the start, and obviously it's getting a bit clearer now for for some of us, and some people have been much more impacted than others, as we were talking about before we came on air. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the downs. Um, all of a sudden, everything became very uncertain, didn't it? Um, yeah. So I think uncertainty is something that people have really struggled with. Uh, maybe small businesses a little bit less in a weird kind of way because we live with uncertainty. It's part of our life. Yeah. Uh, what What's your thoughts on? Have you? What about your clients and yourselves? You, you know, have you have you come across that? Yeah, I think you're right. And it was interesting. Before we went on air this morning, I was thinking back to the last one of these we did, which was just, just before lockdown, when we were both pretty much going, just like a flu, what, what we're panicking for. And then <laughs> just yeah. as we put that episode like, oops. Yeah. So yeah. it just shows that's, that's yeah. where our optimism can sometimes shoot us in the foot a bit. But there has been a lot of panic. Um, the the biggest issue I've seen with with small businesses and uncertainty, and I think the uncertainty has floored a lot of small businesses. The small businesses that have crashed 
in this are the ones who either have been sticking their head in the sand, pulling an ostrich over going online, yeah. or they've not been able to find a way to convert to online, or they haven't been able to adapt quickly enough. Yeah. Um, for me, because so much of my, all my one-to-one work immediately went online. So no problem. The biggest issue for me in terms of the uncertainty were, was reorganizing some of the live events. Because to be fair, from an income point of view, some of those live events represent, if you look at it in percentage terms, some of the biggest chunks of my income through the year. Yeah, um, but that's yeah. where I learned the importance of, of having a good contract and how pleased I was that I didn't pull out that clause that said, if we need to rearrange, we've got a year's grace to do it, blah, blah, blah. Because at the wow. time, yeah, at the time when I was doing that contract, thought, oh, there's no in, point in putting that in. <laughs> This pushes it onto two yeah. sheets of A4. Shall we knock that out? And something went, no, leave it in. Leave it in. So I've been really lucky there. Um, but I, Or smart, I, I, some people. Or smart. Are. Yeah, smart. Actually, yeah, keep that look shit in your pocket. It's smart. <laughs> something in there told me to keep that in. And yeah. most of the people on those events have been brilliant. It's my heart speaking event that I've had to postpone, and that will now happen in August rather than, rather than April. And I think off the back of that, I had one person who broke contract, but even in this um, in this current locked down world, somebody very quickly bought that place. So people are still buying high ticket event places in, in a climate like this. The biggest issue was the biggest issue I found with uncertainty was people panicking. And it wasn't so much the people who genuinely were flat broke and wondering how they were going to keep a roof over their heads. It was the ones who were going, oh, well, we don't know how long this is going to last. Let me see if I can just tighten things up a little bit, tighten my belt a few notches. Who can I get out of paying? And I think that created a bit of an issue. And that's why I went so big and strong on telling people that we all needed to, instead of knee-jerk cancelling things, we needed to talk to our providers. If we were genuinely in a position of need, okay, how can we both take a bit of a hit and create a manageable dip? rather than just, just knee-jerk cancel that plunges us into a really deep and needless recession. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, had a, I actually had a, um, a podcast client, quite a big podcast client, and they'd booked uh, me to do some podcasting recordings for them. And yeah. <clears throat> they obviously postponed it when it hit the fan, but they paid me. And yeah. you know what? I, I was so, well, not so well grateful. I was just impressed because they yeah. probably didn't need to the truth be known i have and the I'm same with one of mine you know i'm fortunate yeah. i'm not desperate for the money and i, I kind of know that some people are a bit more desperate which i fully appreciate and, and respect yeah. we've, well, uh, we've been was, there yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Like. oh exactly 100 percent. Uh, and i think for me it was but for me now when lockdown come ends or we get to a better state of affairs i know for a fact that i'm going to go all out to do a, the best job i can for them and probably yeah. will go the extra mile yeah, I won't be sticking absolutely. in invoices for for, for edit, editing or whatever. Oh, bits and bobs. I had the same with one of mine. When when the lockdown first hit, three of my biggest paying clients did knee-jerk cancellations. Um, but one of them, rather than cancelling, she was coming up to the end of a six-month coaching programme, which we couldn't extend, but the minimum you can take is six months. And rather than just cancel, she just said, look, my head's not in the game. I'm going to have to really pair back with homeschooling. So I will pay you for these next two months. But can we postpone them to go further ahead? And that's great. So same thing. I've got the payments still coming in. And then she came back and actually said, could she come back? But onto a lesser program until things pick up. So I think when you treat people right, 
it's a, it's such a cliche, but but when when you when you're good with people, then they'll they'll tend to reward you for that, and vice versa. I will certainly remember those who have been good with me for, through this, yeah, and those who did a knee jerk. I'm just going to break contract and stop paying you, and that only happened with two. The other two that two went and they'll be on their six months. Yeah. One said she wants to come back. One's already come back, <laughs> but then two people proper dropped me in it and and broke contract. And I'll remember who they are, and I just won't work with them again. It's that simple. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I mean, we we do um, we do a lot more bigger uh, live event stuff now through yeah. some strategic partnerships, particularly with a great company called Captive North in, in Manchester. And, um, you know, we've been kind of, obviously, you imagine a lot of live stuff, back of the room, 100, 300, 700 thousands of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've had um, a couple of uh, festivals, actually, that have been cancelled, but they've come to us, and rather than saying, sorry, it's cancelled, they've come to us and said, well, actually, what can we do online? And that's the fascinating, from my end, you know, video, audio, yeah. as, as you know, Geeky Media has been heavily involved in that over the years now. Um, and it's just amazing. They're all looking for creativity, which is I'm the happiest when I'm in creative mode, as you yeah. well know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what can we do? What, how can we use the technology? Um, rather than just, we'll just forget about it, furlough everybody and all crawl under a stone. Um, that raises, I think that virtual event stuff has really gone crazy, hasn't it? It it has, but that raises a really interesting point because I know a lot of events have started to go virtual. Um, but I think there's a difference. I mean, I've been doing an awful lot of, of foresights and presentations for online business networking groups to keep myself out there and keep myself visible. Because you can imagine a lot of my face-to-face -face speaking gigs have been put on ice. And that's great. And when you're speaking to uh, for a business group or for a networking event, something like that, you don't expect pain. But I think where we've got to be really careful, particularly with the speaking industry and the speaking profession, the events profession now, is the is is people perceiving there's not a value in the speaker when it goes online. So oh, what I would put out there to what I put that out there to events yeah. companies now is if you are going to move your events online, you are effectively saving money on your venue. You might decide in the climate that you're going to bring your ticket prices down a bit. OK, but you are still going to save more than you lose. And in that case, are you either going to pay your speakers if you were expecting them to just come for the audience before? Or are you going to pay them a little bit more than you were? Because let's play fair here. It's still somebody giving their time. So I think we need to be really careful about that. I know there are some people I've seen in similar arenas to us whose business has been decimated because they've put too many eggs in their speaking and live event basket and not enough in online stuff and they're through the floor um we haven't been through the floor because we've adapted but when it comes to those speaking gigs where where we still want to do them and where people want to go online let's have a think if you can save money on your venues that's brilliant but don't try and save money on your speakers and on the people who are actually putting the effort into coming to your events and without those speakers you wouldn't have an event so let's think about that too. Yeah, there's a there's a huge psychology and perception in that, isn't there? Massive. Um, you know, it's not real. It's not real. The same advice, the same guidance, the same insights, the same inspiration is still being is flowing out. But because it's yeah. online and people see the internet as free, mm. in perception terms. Or do, or do they? Because let's look at this in another way. I'm 
I'm fully booked with coaching clients. Somebody, I just took on a new client yesterday and I was able to juggle, I think, four options throughout the whole of June, otherwise she'd be into mm. July and beyond. That's how solidly booked I am. I haven't reduced my coaching fees and I'm busier than ever. You know, I did widen my budget program so that I'd normally open that up to six people a year and I opened that and took more people on in that. And I did open a program where I said, if you wanted something deeper and you couldn't quite get to that at the moment because of the situation, then talk to me about partial discount or deferred payments or installment plans, things like that. But I haven't actually discounted anything that I'm doing apart from those Taz of somebody might come and say, I've got 500 quid. I can manage Taz. How far can we make it stretch? But I haven't gone into my programs and slashed the price because they're all online because I'm giving the same value and the same time. You know, think about it. Outside of, of this lockdown situation, I didn't charge less money for a client I was servicing in, say, New Zealand than somebody was going to go and meet in, in the back offices of Nero. Back offices, that means my little coffee booth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Actually, we've met a few times in the back offices of Nero, haven't we? We back, have, back yes. in the day. We, we should be getting commission from Nero, really. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that's, if we're not discounting the face-to-face uh, delivery that we're doing online, the one-to-one work. Why should anything else be worth less? Why should yeah. it? You can you yeah. can factor in things like okay, well I don't have overhead, so I can factor that in a bit. But outside of that, why do we think? Do we value stuff less online, or is it that we've got lots of event organisers and lots of the big white teeth gurus out there putting so much shit out for free online to try and boost their mailing lists that people are wary of it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Do you know, actually, we've, we've not only have we got a few viewers, which is quite amazing seeing as I was totally useless at promoting it, which is my fault, uh, we've actually got here Nathan Newman saying hello both. Hello, Nathan And uh, Nathan is a friend and associate of mine. I probably wouldn't admit Fabulous. it in public, like most people, that is a friend of mine. But, yeah, great guy, very creative. And funnily enough, actually, just as an aside, we were both on a virtual escape room experience last night, which was amazing. Another friend of mine. looking at those. It. Yeah, oh. it's absolutely. Have a look on Facebook, um, and it's horror stuff, which I think you probably will enjoy. Uh, it's all very, ooh, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's really, really good. And uh, But, again, th- that's a really – the reason I mention that, actually, apart from anything else, is that it's a great example of disruption and managing disruption yeah. because um, escape rooms, of course, are shut. So they've gone, okay, how can we – give the experience to people virtually. Yeah. Uh, But I have to say they've put so much work into making the experience. They've integrated video. They've integrated all sorts of sound effects and all sorts of things. But isn't Um, that the point? It's people who are willing to be creative and adapt rather than those who are just going, well, this is going to ruin my business. Yeah. You've got to think, you know, get out of panic mode. If you go into fear mode, you cannot be creative and, and in fear at the same time so yeah. you got a ma- mindset in this yeah. is massive crucial, crucial. and ironically right. i suppose one, one of the other downsides of course is the financial turmoil that it can create for people yeah. Yeah. and th- i think there's this fight or flight thing going on isn't there yeah Where absolutely it's almost like, do i fight and bounce back and find ways to i don't know offer my coffee through a little window you know <laughs> may- maybe do maybe probably shouldn't say this, but maybe do a little bit on the edge, but beg for forgiveness uh, without being silly, you know. So long, you can do it at Barnard Castle, I think. Yeah, exa- yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Do you know what? Awkward we're not silence. we're not we're not going to do political. I'll no, tell you why because that's not. that's another seven hours of and it, let's be honest, it's been done to flaming death, hasn't it? Isn't it? Aren't we all sick of hearing about it now? Oh, I am so, the very words Dominic Cummings. I'm like, oh, they're still at that. Let it go. No, you see, let I only go, did Barnard and Castle. Let it go. You no, brought sorry. in Dominic now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let him go. Let him go. Anyway, yeah, moving on. <laughs> the, the interesting thing, you see, adaptability as well. I've got this going on a separate stream on a on a watch party, and we've got a load of comments and stuff coming in in there too. What have we got? Um, Louise Scargill is saying. It's knee-jerk reactions. If people don't know where their income is coming from due to all of this, yeah, they're going to panic. Absolutely. We've got loads of people watching us on a watch party too. We should do lives more often, mate. Yeah, I think we need to do it live from now on. I mean, we've been threatening it for ages, haven't we? And now's we the time. The time we have, has come. We've given people enough warning now. Yeah, and bearing in mind, I've just launched something called the Live Streamers Association. I suppose I need to actually, I suppose I need to walk the talk. You ought to, really. And, yes, you know, there's, there's my own Lisa Rossum live story events I used to run. So between us, we're being a bit daft by not doing it yeah, live, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. If we can't do it, then, then then nobody's got a chance, have they, really? So thanks, Bruce. Good to see you as well. Obviously, need glasses. I think you need to get spec savers if you think I'm looking good at the moment. It's just, it's, it's obviously noticed the tan, haven't you, Bruce? Well, Bruce's hair looks better than mine in a minute. Yeah, actually, I'm just jealous. I'll be, of course, it's... The colour of his hair and his beard are a little bit different, but hey, is that, is that, is that a hate crime nowadays, by the way, saying <laughs> that? <laughs> Only if you say it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true of everything, isn't it? Okay, yeah. so uh, we've obviously got financial turmoil. Um, what's your view, this is particularly pertinent from your point of view, is the, um, I don't even know if I can use this word anymore, but I'm going to say it in the way it mental turmoil the the um the psychological turmoil that people Massive. are in and i suppose Massive. that's again linked to that fight or flight do you do you fight and or do you flight do you run for the hills and get under the duvet Bit well it comes that to right it. Now, but... you get under the weighted blanket yeah <laughs> you have a weighted dose is making a fast book at the minute i bet um it comes back to what i said a few moments ago you can't be creative if you're in fear and whether you're going to hide and carry or, or carry on depends on whether you want to have a business at the other side of this. What mm. I am noticing is that where people have been allowed to work from home, and God, why has it taken something like this for us to start trusting our employees enough to let them to work, work, work from home and on their own hours? Crazy. But I'm finding a lot of people who've been in work and are now working from home are now realizing that they don't actually enjoy their jobs. So. The other thing this is bringing up is people starting to consider their careers where before they felt quite safe. So there's all kinds of stuff going on now. Is this a bad time to start a business? I don't think it's any worse than any other time to start a business, to be honest. If you can make a business work in this, you can make one work at any time of any time you like, really. Um, yeah. So there are um, do, you, do you remember I did the interview with Simon Woodruff, who started um, Yo Sushi? remember yeah. i did, I did yeah did, yeah did simon and um he he said that he said that about businesses he said it's like you know he said there's there's never a good time to start a business and he said it's a bit like there's never a good time to have, chi have, kids. To have kids you know you kind of have to just grasp the nettle but it should have given people time for reflection and i had actually jotted down here that um an opportunity one of the ups uh, side of it was about just being able to reflect and being having a bit more time to reflect on our business model, you know, mm -hmm. and it, 
What I find fascinating as well is how you get on that hamster wheel mm. and you're going 100,000 miles an hour mm. and you're going out here, you're going out there, you're going out in the middle of the, you know, even even networking events now. I hate getting up really early. I'm not an early Maybe. person. Guilty well, you've got charged. to do your hair and your makeup. got to do my hair, you know. I've got to put me high platform shoes on so that yeah. I don't look like I'm don't look like Dobby. You know, I've got the whole kind of thing going, really. Um, and now the idea of just got, turning up without my trousers on. By the way, I've got my trousers on today. That just that was a joke. Um, honest. I'm saying um, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, you know, turning up 10, 15 minutes, get a shower, come down, have a bit, do a bit of networking, have a drink of coffee while you're doing it, chat to a few people, get a few emails. They you know, I get, I've had a couple of emails of people that I was interested in maybe talking to and then you're done and then you're on to the next thing. And especially yeah. you can imagine living where I do in Manchester, yeah. you know, it's like you're setting off and you're thinking, right. Okay. Well, if I give myself an hour and a half for an half an hour journey, I might make mm. it. I mean, yeah. for crying out loud, what absolutely yeah. un un unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, th I these, are th these are the sorts of comments that I get. Phil's hair needs its own Twitter account. I mean, you know, the respect, the lack of respect is just disgraceful, Nathan. Phil, don't worry, mate. Just call him on apostrophes and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Nathan, don't. Yeah, let's, 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 let's show that again. Do not do, oops, sorry. Do not do that sort of thing Ooh. in front of a renowned journalist. No, you don't need an apostrophe in that it's, Nathan. You're doing Phil's. The Phil's one is good, but not in that it's. <laughs> so, anyway. yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah. You see, he doesn't know you're a you're a, a, an exceptional journalist as oh, well as everything else. Now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, and um, so it's, it's forced people to stop. What do you think about the situation now that a lot of people obviously have been on furlough? Mm. A lot of people have been um, enjoying the sunshine amazing as it might seem now people listening in from around the world yes this is the uk and it's been sunny for some weeks driest driest may ever <clears throat> um and i've got to maybe not got to know the kids again got to know their partners again yep. had a little bit of quality time yep. um you know at at a meal at the table together fancy that. fancy that um, my assumption is that's going to be very significant numbers of people that dread the idea of going back to what was the normal. Yeah, I think, I think there are, I think there's an interesting point there as well in that so many people are assuming that so many people have had so much time and particularly for those of us who are self-employed, who've been able to think on their feet and adapt. I found myself busier than ever. In fact, two, the, the two weeks preceding this, I was supposed to be in Greece. And apart from one day, because I couldn't squeeze all my clients in, I kept those two weeks free because I'd recognized that in taking on so many new clients who needed help through this, I wasn't keeping enough time for myself. And I could feel myself starting to go into burnout a little bit. So I think there's, there's a twofold thing here is, A, if you're self-employed, you may well be busier than ever now. So that assume that everybody has loads of time. But for those who have been furloughed, yeah, you're going to really start thinking now about about your options. Do you want to go back? Do you love that that work as much as you thought you did? Do you want to do something else? But there's a fine line there, isn't there, between is it that I don't enjoy my work and I want to do something else? 
or is it that I've just really enjoyed this bubble? Because sooner or later that bubble's going to burst. And if it's not to do with your job and you leap and then find that you're not enjoying anything, you just enjoyed the summit, the, the sunshine bubble, then you got to think carefully before making uh, a, a permanent decision from a temporary situation. Yeah, that does make sense, actually. Um, yeah, well, certainly the weather bubble's going to burst on Wednesday, I think. It's due to start yeah. raining up here. I'll tell you, the other the other interesting thing with people who've been on furlough, depending on the layout of the office now, is how many businesses are going to be in trouble bringing people back and trying to get everybody in whilst observing the two-metre safety rules. I do wonder yeah. how many businesses yeah. will actually be forced into a situation where if, some, if people can't work from home, they're going to have to let people go simply because they cannot create the space they need to stay within regulations. That's another thing that people won't be thinking about. Yeah, and it, it's a real quandary. And, um, yeah. you know, obviously there's there's always massive politics in these situations. It's inevitable. But at the same time, I don't, <clears throat> I, don't I think if you're honest, if we're honest about it, who would envy any government having the responsibility for managing this lot? No, God, no. I don't think I was, no. I was talking to my mum about this a few nights, but we got a bit heated. But, um, <laughs> but, but I was saying that this, this actually has nothing to do with politics now in terms of, you know, which is your team. This has to do with, could they have done things better? Yes. Could they have done things worse? Yes. Is it even worth going on about it? Or do we just make do with what we've got, got to make the best of it? Yes. So I don't, I'm not sure that any other government would have made a better job of things, which doesn't mean that I'm a big fan of this one, but these are unprecedented times. I was, I was reading an article last night that uh, one of my clients, Kirsten Goodwin posted, she's an, another amazing coach. Um, and she shared an article from CNN about the way that Vietnam had um, handled the virus and the lockdown. And they've, they've had a stupidly low number of cases because they started to take to, to react way back in January. And the seconds yeah. they had, when they had their first two cases, which was a father and son who'd vis visited relatives in Wuhan, they immediately cancelled all the, all the, the, the um, transport in and out of Wuhan. And then they locked down more and more and more. And they've had a handful of deaths and a handful of cases. Well, I think Asia, though, had the warning with the with the MERS and SARS, didn't they? They did. That, that, they was, did. that was a, so they they'd kind of been there before. They knew yeah. a lot more about what they were dealing yeah. with. I think, I think the West is, is <clears throat> it's very easy to start looking at how other people have done it now and say this is how it should have been handled. Well, yes, in an ideal world, but yeah. also the Titanic sank. You can't <laughs> do anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, and the truth is, you know, as I say, uh, not this isn't a political statement. It's just I just think it's a truth, and that's that at the end of the day, whatever you think about the Dominic Cummings situation, and you've got befores and and against, just like you did with Brexit, and just like you did with the last election, the truth is that in a democracy, you, you you're not going to have your say for another four years, and in not. another four years. If you want to say, you know, that Dominic Cummings thing was an absolute disgrace, Boris, you're out of here. That's yeah. when you're going to get your chance. So whittering on about it for weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks on end is kind of pointless at this point. I think point. There's, there's two sides of this, and I think this is because of my past as a journalist. Um, with my yeah. journalist hat on, if I was still a journalist, I would still be hanging on to this like a dog with a bone. And to an extent, I still am, but it's not to do with politics per se. 
it's to do with there being a very obvious disparity and the way that's been dealt with, particularly when you look at what had just happened in, in Scotland and if you like the precedent that had been set there. So I think with discussions like this, it's kind of impossible to talk about what's going on without touching on politics a little bit because the government has brought in so much to either help or hinder, depending on your point of view. But with Cummings, I think we've got to be really careful to not just use it as as a Tory bash. And if you are upset by it, and I was saying, do I think it was handled badly? Yes. Am I angry about it? No, because getting angry about things is a waste of energy. So you can have an opinion about something and be passionate about something without going into that zone of rah. And if you are, if you can have a really honest word with yourself and whether it's Cummings or the the horrendous situation where people have had to have funerals by iPads and sometimes not even that, or not being able to hold your loved one's hands when they've been very ill or dying, it's all terrible. But if you can, if you can have a really honest word with yourself and recognise the difference between this is something that is affecting me personally and I'm upset by it, and this is something that gives me another reason to walk around with a hammer looking for a Tory nail. That's or a Labour nail, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. Then that's the way to keep it sane and safe. You should be, we should be able to have discussions about things and debates without things without using them as an excuse to leap onto a bandwagon. Well, in a sense, that's why I'm not on Twitter because I I think it's an angry megaphone for just about every son and a dog. Now you that's know? interesting, isn't it? Because I found myself back on Twitter more during this and found it actually a really productive, useful place to be. Yeah, we all have our preference. Yeah, I know, we all have our... You can't be there without being able to hold your own space and understand your intention behind things. That's what's so important. You've got to be ultra, ultra aware. Why am I saying this? Why am I I doing this? If If I'm honest with myself, what is my intention? And if you can keep your intention clean and strong, then you can be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever you like, and it won't make a difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. And of course, I've not got time for Twitter because I'm just dancing on TikTok most of the day. Yeah, the yeah. see, I've gone back onto Twitter because of that Taz Talks Mental Health of Celebrities interview because they all came through that, like the old Twitter yeah. Times days. Yeah, so yeah. things like that, We're it's really amazing. And, my, yeah. and of course, for businesses who want to generate um, media coverage, all your journalists hang out on Twitter. So again, if you use it properly and cleanly, it's a really powerful platform. To, yeah. But if you are going to get yeah. angry, then yeah. it's not that Twitter is an angry platform. Any any feed on any platform is what you make it. If you engage in a lot of angry discussions and you follow people who like to debate and get angry a lot, it's going to be an angry place. Yeah. If you follow lots of lovely people that you like to just have discussions about and maybe clips about gardening while they float your boat, it's going to be a lovely place. Yeah. Life is always what you make it, yeah. especially on social media. Well, well, you mentioned there about a few minutes ago about mindset. So the mindset for me of a, an entrepreneurial thinker is that you're you're on, you know, you, you've got an ice cream van and you're selling ice creams, and suddenly there's the an almighty down, downpour, and the whole, you know, at ten o'clock in the morning, the whole beach clouds over and it's raining. The entrepreneurs going, no, Mike, you know, not oh my God, it's not, the, the entrepreneurs going, where can I get some umbrellas from and sell them, sell them at a profit? Yeah. And, and I think there's a there's a certain truth in that. So, I mean, one of the things I was going to ask you about as part of the discussion, and I'm conscious of time, but was the opportunities that that we might be seeing now. And we've kind of touched on a few, but um, 
what do, what do you think about um, new markets? Do you think there's anything that jumps out at you that is possibly a new market on the back of what we've seen and what's changed, apart I've from selling seen... umbrellas on the beach? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, I wouldn't go and buy a load of umbrellas in that case. I'd look and see where's everybody gone to, and if they're all sitting under the covered area in a pub, I'd go and park opposite. That way you don't have to yeah. spend out your own umbrellas and you've still got your captive audience. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot smarter than my idea. <laughs> I'd have to get really wet to find the umbrellas and leave my van unattended. <laughs> yeah, and um, if it's up here, it'll get nicked in five seconds. Yeah. I've, I've seen, I've seen ad businesses adapting really differently to this. So, for mm. instance, I can give a really good example. If you look at people on LinkedIn, I've seen some people who are in signage who are usually putting together things like exhibition signage. Going, oh God, there are no exhibitions, there are no live events, people aren't going to businesses, nobody needs my stuff anymore, I'm screwed. I've also seen other people going, right, everybody's on Zoom now, you don't want to keep using those electronic Zoom backgrounds that make your hair go all fuzzy. We can create you as bespoke backgrounds for your wall. We can even give you material ones that fold down so you don't have to destroy your wallpaper. And then yeah. they've moved into, okay, so businesses are coming back in. They're going to need those social distancing signs. They're going to need branded screens. So I've yeah. seen there's one particular business I follow, I work, um, I, I'm connected to on LinkedIn who've done that brilliantly. But that for me is such a perfect example that on the face of it, signage companies, oh, my God, that's, this is the death knell. Well, flip it, that kind of thinking, genius. And they've yeah. done things like using their, their own space a lot. They've got a really exciting, creative kind of Google-esque with an edge decor to their space. So they've done lots of internal videos, which, of course, has got people going, oh, I want that, that in my place, or I want that, or I want that. Yeah. So there, there are absolutely opportunities in this. There are opportunities to flex, to adapt, to work with the opportunities that this presents. But you've got to be able to think differently. Way back at the beginning, I did some work with a therapist who did all kinds of different therapy modalities. Um, and when we, looked, when we looked at it, the only one she couldn't actually do was massage. She did things like, um, like counselling and, and card readings and energy healing and crystal readings and stuff like that. She could do everything apart from massage via Zoom. And she'd gone into this space of, can't do massage, we've got to close down, I've got no money coming in. Hold yeah. on. What are all these other skill sets? Yeah, yeah. So there yeah. will be new opportunities coming up as well. I've seen people who um, usually produce stuff for gardens, adapting some of their mixes and turning them into ha into bulk hand wash. That's where they'd normally be creating chemicals for your garden. I've seen them adapting yeah. that. That's worked yeah. really well. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds, Phil, but we've got to be able to think outside of what we're used to. And I think that applies to going back out to this, into this as well, because do we want things to go back to normal or do we want to look at everything this this has given us, everything from cutting down pollution on the roads to, you can, I don't know if you can hear the birds singing in my garden. Do we want to yes. keep that or do we want to just go back to the way we were operating before, which clearly wasn't working? It absolutely wasn't. And and I think the jury's out because I've asked a few people what they think and nobody's really sure. Nobody's mm. really quite sure whether people will just a bit like an elastic band and just go stretch out and then go back to how they were yeah. or whether yeah. it's been long enough to break, I suppose, break the cycle. Um, yeah. 
uh, you know, it's, but it is, it's what, what it's going to, what's going to happen is quite fascinating and, and how people are going to react to it is quite fascinating too. Yeah, um, it really but, is. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think one of, one of them, I'm going to finish with this, but um, it probably won't surprise you to know that I tend to have a bit of a philosophy in business of survival of the fittest in a sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it's it in a in a weird kind of way. It's almost like the natural order of things in the business world, yeah. isn't it? And yes. I think I'm interested to get your views on it. But my for my view, my view is that those that do adapt, those that understand the situation, or those that change strategies, those understand the whole principles of disruption and react to it, they will yeah. survive. And yeah. I hear a lot of people talking about what's fair and what isn't fair, and you know me as well as if not better than anybody. And I struggle with that because I don't think that life is not fair on many levels. And I think if you just accept the fact life isn't fair, because it isn't on so many levels. And why should it be? And why should it be? And then you're linked into entitlement then, of course, as well, which is another conversation we've had, yeah, yeah. We've had before. Yeah. So do you tend to view it in the same way that it just will be the almost like the laws of the jungle and There'll be those yeah, that survive to, and those that to don't. To an extent, I think, I think for some businesses, I mean, if you think about, I don't know, the construction industry, for instance, it's going to be much more difficult for them than somebody who can go completely online. So there's a caveat to it. There are some facets of industry mm. where no matter how ingenious they get operating in this climate has been nigh on impossible, without a doubt. But for the majority of people, I think this is at the risk of sounding cruel. It is sorting the wheat from the chaff. Um, and it's also, I think the, ne the next line down from that though, is that if you have found that if your business does have the capability to adapt and go online and you're still not managing to get the trade coming through, you're not getting enough to keep your head above water, then you need to have a really honest and open with yourself about why that is i mean before we went on air you and i were talking about the amount of extra clients i've taken on through i've taken on too many new clients through this to be fair i could do for a short burst because some of them are really short-term contracts to get people through but just through lockdown not counting online clients on top of my existing client base i've taken on 17 new one-to-one -one clients and again that's only sustainable because a lot of them are in short bursts that would not be sustainable long term now, how can that be possible when essentially I'm a coach and a lot of people see coaching as a luxury um, and a lot of people see coaching as expensive and a lot of people think coaching is just a ripoff? Why am I able to do that? It's because I've been consistent, because I've continued to, sh to show up, because I keep things absolutely real. I don't, don't do these American squeeze pages with something that appears to be free and then there's 11 to 12 offers to click through <laughs> before you get to your crap free ebook and then a, a gazillion and one crap emails forevermore. I don't do any of that shit. And I'm so, not seeing you lying on the bonnet of a Lamborghini either recently. No, I thought about lying on the bonnet of my mini, but honestly, it's covered in bird shit where it's been static and I don't want to get it's that on the cheap bloody jersey shorts. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to have to finish it there, but that's an interesting one from Nathan again here. That the next pandemic will be one for one of poor mental health. And... I think we're already in that. Mm. I don't think that's the next one. I think that's the current one, and I think we need to be looking at that far more seriously than we do. 
I think we need to look at the way we talk about mental health. And I think we need to look at that entire umbrella because I think one of the barriers to people <coughs> talking about mental health is the sheer fact that it covers everything from mild anxiety right through to psychosis. So somebody just struggling to get out of bed without hitting snooze isn't going to want to say they have a mental health issue when people sometimes say mental health and immediately picture, I don't know, Mad Martha in prison cell block H or something. So I think we yeah. need to look at what we're doing there. We need to look at the descriptors and we need to treat it with far more compassion, empathy, care and understanding than we are now. Yeah, absolutely agree. Right. OK, I think that'll do us for this show. Uh, first of, of the lives. I think probably there's good news and bad news, really, isn't there? There's good news that we'll be doing a lot more of these. I think so. And the bad news is if you hate us, there's going to be a lot more of these. So it's kind of like it's good or, it's good or bad news. But the great thing the is you don't have to click us, on them here. But the good news for us, Phil, is that if we're getting to the point where people hate us, we're doing something right. You know, people talk about the Marmite effect as being a bad thing. But as I've said before, I wouldn't mind being 50p behind Marmite in terms of profit, would you? <laughs> no, not at all. Right. OK, then, Taz. It's the, what we'll say then is uh, until next time. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll get together again and we'll we'll have to think of something to talk about because once coronavirus is over, Brexit's all out of the way, the election's all done and dusted, Lime everybody's going to be bored out of their head, aren't they? Um, no, it just means we'll be actually avoiding politics for a while. It does, yeah. And uh, and actually, um, it is a good time to go now because my Amazon's arrived, which actually Fantastic. just sums everything up, doesn't it? It does, so, it does. Great to see you, mate, and uh, you look after yourself, and I'll talk you to you too. very, very soon. See you soon. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.